Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, listeners. You have reached the news from the front lines, the voices of the cannabis war. Um, this Today we have a very big Valentine's Day show planned for you, as we've got prisoners who have written all kinds of messages and Valentine's Day things going on. We've got some really great guests scheduled, but first I want to let you guys know um, what the what the reason for the show is. The reason for the show is so that we can get our prisoners' voices out there, so that people realize that yes, we do have people in prison for a plant. No, it's not it's not legal like we think it is, and that there are people suffering. Some which have been suffering for over decades in prison, serving life sentences. Um, this week's show we have uh, Stacy Tice coming on. Stephanie Landa, Andy Martin, and she has some cool news about her husband. We've been trying to get some attention. Her husband is a plant prisoner, and we've got a really nice message for Andy waiting for her. We've also got Milan Amore coming on, Teresa Jimming, who just got some charges dropped. And when Stephanie Landa comes on, she's going to tell us some really good news about the prisoners. Some of us know already, but she raised a bunch of commissary money for him, and she's going to let us know what's going on with that. Um, also, we have our volunteers who help make this show possible, like Mindy Griffith and Becca Nichols and myself and Eugene Fisher, who is the ho- other host of this show. Eugene spent uh, 25 years, 27, what was it, Eugene, 25 or 27 years in prison? It doesn't matter after, after 20, it doesn't what? matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter anymore. Who's counting? Who's counting? Okay. In prison for our plan, and he's here with his voice to be able for, to sh- share it with all of you guys. Um, good morning, Eugene. How are you this Valentine's Day? Well, I'm I'm great, and um, I want to, first of all, extend a special Valentine's to you, Christian, and to Mindy, the two uh, ladies who I have the privilege of working on this program with. A, g- a great big Valentine hug and kiss from me. Aw, thank you, Dean. Thank you, thank you. And um, I, well, want, I want to mention this, Christian, uh, just quickly. It's kind of a bittersweet moment, this holiday thing, because all the time I spent in prison and the holidays that passed, when you're in prison, you don't want to you don't want to think about the holidays because you're separated from the people you care for, and it's very very difficult. It's uh, Craig Cecil said it well. Uh, when you're when the holidays come, everyone's gloom gloomy because uh, you know uh, his Valentine's Day today. That means some men and women in prison can't be with the ones they love. They're Valentines. They can't be there. You know. Right. And so it's it's a hard time. It's a hard time. Well, we've uh, got Craig Cecil, who's serving a life sentence. He's going to be calling into our radio show at about 9.30. Um, so if we're going to hear right from a prisoner who's serving a life sentence, and so what does it be in prison without love on a day like today? Well, I'm going to so, introduce you to a very special guest we have, Milan. Here she is. Hello. Well, hi, Milan. How are you? Valentine's Day, everybody. Yes, Valentine's. Are you? Are you? What are you doing today? And what? What are you thinking about Valentine's? Um. Well, you know, we're just we're we're out here in California, still working hard on uh, this legalization movement for 2016, and 
um, so thankful and happy to have this show and, um, you know, the voices of this war, um, literally <laughs> sharing the, you know, the message that needs to get out. And I, it's just, I'm really thankful and just proud of you guys for, for what you're doing and excited to see what this year holds. Malone, could you imagine if you woke up today behind bars? Like, how miserable would that be? Yeah, it's it's um, especially for it's a plant. Yeah, it's, it's it's the epidemic that we need to talk about, and we need to remind everyone that's out here because it's it's so easy to forget, you know, about what's going on. It's it's almost like behind the bars is a whole other world, you know, and they're just, um, I guess, of all days to have your <laughs> love and your best wishes and thoughts go out to these in my book, Heroes, because they are trailblazers and they're part of changing the course of world history, really, as we see it. I mean, it's maybe hard for them to realize that because they're in there, but that's what's important, I guess, for us to remind them that we're out here looking at them and, and really uh, putting putting a light on these situations. And that's, you know, they're we just have to remind them of that, I guess, maybe that they... <laughs> They have a lot of support out here and a lot of love, and when they get out, you know, there's 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 um, a legacy that they're actually leaving, being part of this and having their voices being heard. I think it's important. So cool. I'm here. <laughs> just uh, just <laughs> wow. I talk to you here. Just you know, and and what a testament. I'm here sitting in front of a POW who, you know, just a few years ago was in the same position and. And now he's out fighting for um, the rest of the rest of our prisoners. So I'm really proud of all you guys. And do we have any any? Is there anyone else on the line? He just brought me on real quick. I don't know who else is is on with us. I mean, it's just me and you do oh. right now. We're yeah, we're getting ready to bring on a prisoner's wife who um, who's been suffering. Her husband's been suffering in prison because he hasn't been getting medical treatment that he deserves. So we're going to find out in a few minutes what's going on with them. Um, but we oh, my gosh, talk. medical. Yeah, system. they haven't been giving him his his proper care in, in prison. Um, I don't know if you've heard of Chris Martin, but he's down in yes. Arizona, in a prison in Arizona. Yeah. But I can't imagine being um, long in a prison like where you're from in California where it's really hot outside or Arizona where they get no, they get no um, relief from the heat not much relief from the heat and you know come summertime valentine's day is just a memory to them but today like their whole lives are wrapped up in their mind all their kids their family members their girlfriends even their boyfriends their you know everything on the outside is love for them and everything on the inside is like cold for them so um i just i can't imagine what it would be like to actually be behind bars on Valentine's Day. Right. Well, I mean, that's, I guess that's where, you know, we, we come in as the, kind of that cheerleading squad, just to remind them, you know, it's, we got to just, you know. It's the love. It's the love. Yeah, there's, there's so much love, and, and, and that's the beauty of it. It's love, love's going to conquer everything, and at the end, there's, you know, not even bars or or the government is going to be able to stop it, and that's what's 
that's what I think is the spiritual component of this whole movement is the plant itself is it's bringing spiritual healing to the planet. So little by little, you know, we just we just keep fighting this. But um, thank you for having me on. I'm glad to be here today. Well, thanks for coming on. We appreciate it. <laughs> that, that was Milan, a very special person, mm-hmm. a very... Key person. She says she didn't have a full cup of coffee. That's what she was. <laughs> well, thank you, Milan. Milan is a radio show. Can you hear it? I said I still have my frog in my throat. You can hear it. <laughs> she did have a smoke, though. <laughs> nice, nice. Well, for our listeners, Milan is a radio show host. She has another show. So if you want to check out more of Milan, um, visit her on her website or on her Facebook wall. It's M-I-L-A-N-A-M-O-R-E. And you can find out what she's up to there. She's she's a big advocate for a plant down in Southern California. And, of course, she believes that nobody should go to jail or die for a plant also. I mean, Jean, we've got our next guest coming on right about now. Her name is Andy Martin. Andy's husband is in prison. Um Prison for a plant, and he's been suffering. In fact, he's suffering so much that his toes are turning black. Um, So what we did is we created a flyer. Uh, Mindy and I created a flyer, and hopefully everybody who has Facebook who's listening to this will go to any of our Facebook walls and pull the flyer up. It's asking. It has some phone numbers to call. They're very important numbers. Asking the director, the nursing, and the assistant director, and the warden to properly give uh, Chris Martin some medical attention that he deserves. And we're going to hear from his wife right now. Andy, are you there? Well, we're waiting for Andy right now. As we wait for Andy, um, um, we are going to talk a little bit more. We about got Chris Andy Martin. on, Kristen. Kristen, Andy. I'm here. Good morning, Andy. <laughs> Good morning. Good morning. Andy, Mindy, do you want to stay on the line? Because from what I understand, you have something really special for Andy um, coming up in a few I, minutes. I will. I'll stay on the line. Okay, Andy, first, before Mindy um, talks about something that's real special to you, she has something to read to you, um, what's going on with Chris, and why are these phone calls to the prison important to him, and what, what's happened since some of the calls have went in? Um, well, what's going on is they have not helped him at all with his Crohn's disease, and then he started having some heart issues. Um, They told him he was going early stages of congestive heart failure and then walked out and did nothing. Um, His, like I said, toenails are turning black. Uh, Note his blood pressure when they checked it was 190 over 120, and they still did nothing. Um, So since the call to action has been posted on Facebook. Honestly, uh, Chris called me this morning and said, I don't know what you guys did, but all day yesterday, there were guards coming by yelling, "Uh, Martin, are you breathing? A nurse came in, made him take his shoes off, check his feet. Um, So he said that it was, they were all pissed off in there, which is fine. That's their job to check on these inmates. And so it's working. Whatever, the, the call to action is working. Yeah, yeah don't worry about the guys being pissed off. That's that's their job, and, and they've got to take care of the prisoner, okay? I say that as an ex-prisoner. It sounds like they're mad because they have to do their job now. It, it that's doesn't seem like to me. That's exactly right. They don't want to do their jobs. They don't care about the inmates at all. 
Well, so far, Andy, I'm looking at this at this image right now on Facebook, and it's, so far it's got 94 shares. So I'm hoping that everybody who shared it made a phone call. And for our listeners, if you want to, I'm going to share this on my Facebook wall right now, and I'm going to share it on our Voices of the Cannabis Forum um, page as well. So if you want to make a phone call, go to my Facebook wall, go to the Voices of the Cannabis War Facebook wall, Mindy's wall, Chris Martin's wall, and you'll find a little a message about him. You'll find his inmate number and you'll find the phone numbers on there. So it's Sunday. Um, I called on a Saturday, left voicemails. He was getting help on Saturday. So you don't have to wait till Monday to call. Um, however, if you don't call today, make sure you call tomorrow. Just keep making sure that they take care of Chris Martin. He is one of our people who are sitting in prison for a plant on this Valentine's Day. Speaking of Valentine's Day, Mindy has a message from Chris. Um, Mindy, do you want to let us know what the message is? Yes, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to do it justice. I I I Andy, all I can say is I'm sorry that Chris isn't saying this directly to you himself, but um, he sent me this letter a couple weeks ago, and it says, "My dearest wife, on Valentine's Day, baby, I know this year has been exhaustingly hard on us, our business, family, and as a couple." I want you to know how proud I am of you. I'm not only proud because of the way you stepped into the role of CEO, chef, and business owner, but also as your role at home of dad, husband, and comforter to our kids. I may never be able to thank you enough to show my gratitude and love, but I can promise you I will eternally love you with all my heart. Although we have endured one call a day for months and no visits together at all. I am thankful to know they can't stop the clock from they cannot stop the clock from spinning. Oh, excuse me, I'm sorry. I just lost my spot. <laughs> oh, I'm going to go to the handwritten version. I'm sorry, guys. They can't stop the clock from spinning, and I just know when this is all done, I'm coming home to my best friend. I love you more today than I did 15 years ago when all this journey first began. You're my soulmate, and times like this only prove it. Happy Valentine's Day, Andy. I love you always, forever. Your husband, Chris. Thank you. Thank you for giving us the ability to have a little snapshot into your guys' life and pain. And, um, you know, I also want to mention that Chris has been doing uh, his own, like, service there in prison with those coloring books. Can you tell us about that, Andy? Because I got my first picture from him in the mail the other day. It was so beautiful. Oh, yeah. So, sorry, I'm crying. (laughs) You got the right to. You have a um, right to. You have a right. We're all emotional when we heard that letter. <laughs> so uh, his coloring is called, or what he wants to do is coloring for convicts. And what he's been doing is um, he was given coloring books while he's in there. And they have all kinds of studies done with these adult coloring books of what it can do meditation-wise and um, you know, if the colors are still bright, he's in a good spot. If he starts coloring darker, it can mean he's getting depressed. And so far, all of his colors are beautiful and bright. Um, but what he's doing in there is 
one page will take five hours to color, and it's just helping pass the time. And the other inmates are all getting involved, and he's giving away coloring books. He's he's just trying to help them pass time by. It keeps their heads in the right in the right spot. Um, he sends home the colors that they color. And then we try to show people what, you know, if you, if you help donate towards any of these pictures that he's coloring, it goes back in there so that he can disperse of coloring books. What we do, I just take whatever donations come and we get more books and then Chris passes them out to the inmates inside there. Oh, wow. That is so cool. Like, so now that we got peace in prison because they're instead of, like, fighting with each other, they're coloring they're coloring, yeah. Wow. You know, maybe Kristen, maybe we should ask our listeners. Maybe we should ask our listeners to donate coloring books to you. How? What do you think? That you know, the only way we can get him the coloring books is that they have to be ordered um, from a bookstore. I always go to Amazon, and it has to come directly from you know Amazon or. Barnes and Noble bookstore and no coloring pencils or markers or anything because he has to purchase those in there through their commissary. But if anybody wants to send books to him, all they have to do is go online to the store and it just has to ship from the company and with Chris's information on it. Give him Chris's information, could you? Yes. So it's uh, Cibola Unit in Chris Martin, his number is 138869 with P.O. Box 8909, San Luis, Arizona, 85349. Repeat it once more, please. Cibola Unit, Christopher Martin, ADC number 138869, P.O. Box 8909, San Luis, Arizona, eight five three four nine. Okay, listeners, you all got a got a, a job. Let's all send some coloring books. One, even if it's only one, it'll go to Chris and he can distribute it or use it. Let's get on the ball. Let's do it. <laughs> Thank you. You know, uh, it, it seems to me like this is um, ideal timing too. Chris sent me something, a notification that was posted there in the prison. <laughs> Um, posted to all inmates, and it was issued February 4th about uh, race relations in the prison, and that they're not going to be able to basically, they're not going to be able to segregate themselves in housing anymore, and they're going to start, and, and you know, it, um, including everybody, there won't be as, you won't be able to make excuses as to why you can't be in housing with other races. Um in the long run, that sounds. In the long run, that sounds like it could really help things out. But in the beginning, that could really create a lot of ruckus in a prison. I'm hoping that maybe his foresight of doing all these coloring books might help ease some of those tensions as they go through this process. Yes, man, yes. that sounds like it would work, Mindy. Well, it could help. I don't know. I mean, those the uh, the hatred that happens in prison runs deep. So you know, I I I don't. I'm just wondering if this is some sort of uh, um, divine type uh, mission that he's not even aware could make a difference in the way that this process is going to go. I hope so. <laughs> 
Well, thank you, guys. Well, I do want to thank you guys for everything. The call to actions work amazing. I didn't think, I didn't know it would. And after hearing Chris this morning sounding like he's in better spirits. Well, Andy, think about this, though. Now he realizes that he's got people on the outside on Valentine's Day that care about his health on the inside. So, you know, his, and it's not going to stop either. They're going to, the calls are going to continue for a while. So, you know, hopefully it also doesn't make it get him some health care, but makes it makes him his heart feel a little bit better today being without, without you. Yeah. And she wants you to know too, that, that you have people, you have people who, are there for you, okay? The the whole community, okay. Thank you. This is a community, and we're all we're all there for you and for Chris, okay. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Yeah, I You're hope you here. have the best day you can, and give your kids hugs, and 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 just know that we're all out here loving and supporting all of you guys. Thank you, guys. Happy Valentine's Day to you. Thank you. Happy, Happy Valentine's, Valentine's Day. Day. All right. You guys, that was Andy Martin. And so if you did make a call on behalf of Chris Martin, you saw that flyer, please call again tomorrow. Um, it means a lot not only to getting him help, but it means a lot to their whole family that we are there for Chris. Um, next, you guys, we are going to read some other messages from some prisoners. Um, I'm trying to get, get to it. Um, Mindy, do you want to do one, or do you want to do one, or do you want to go back and forth? How do you want to get some of these messages out there? Mindy's not there no more. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to uh, read a message from Jerry Duvall. Jerry Duvall is a prisoner um, who's serving a 10-year sentence. He is very, very, very sick in the um, – he's from Michigan. I'm not sure what penitentiary he's in. Um, but he he's um, he's in a medical prison, and his son went to prison as well. In fact, we've had his daughter on our show before. But his message is this: I would like to wish you all hardworking ladies a very happy Valentine's Day. Eugene, I don't know if he realizes that there's a man on the show, but um, I'm sure he means you too. <laughs> So um, next, I'm going to read a message from Sherry Sicard to our prisoner. Sherry Sicard is a big advocate. She's actually a book writer. She's been on her show a couple times. And Sherry advocates for a lot of our life prisoners, a lot of our prisoners that are serving life sentences. And this is the message that she wants our prisoners to hear, although they can't hear the radio show. Uh, the whole the rest of the world can hear it and send them the message. It says, I send happy Valentine's Day messages to all the marijuana lifers. They enrich my life and send me love every day. I thank them for all the inspiring things I have learned from them and through them. So, yay. Okay. So, Mindy's doing some screenings. Um, Mindy's doing some screenings. So, I'm going to read a couple more messages. I'm, I'm, I'm communicating with Mindy on the back end here, so if you guys are wondering what's going on. The next message I'm going to read is from... Angel Alfonso. Um, Angel Angel is serving a lot. He's been in prison for about his 11th year so far. It might be his his, uh, 13th year. But his message is this. To all of our loved ones that have been forcefully been separated from all the ones they love, 
to all the soldiers and warriors at heart. They tend to keep us apart and breaking us down with suffering of loneliness and worries of all the ones left behind. Battling to stay together and not fall apart. Not knowing that is love and only love that really keeps us going. Nothing can stomp us, break us, nor control us. For there is love, and he capitalizes love, for many of you in our families that keep us going no matter how bad times get. And if we are not for that special medicine of love, what would we be without? Who would we be without? My heart goes out to all whom go through these struggles. We share in these battles of love. Love to all is simple is simple warrior. Angel, Mia, 16 years old. Thank you, Kristen. Angel is his daughter um, who's been without her dad now for over a decade. Um, I'm in contact with Angel on Facebook. She misses her dad. I talk to her a lot um, here and there on Facebook. You know, Angel's getting ready um, to do a letter to the pardon's office asking for clemency. So as soon as his application is accepted to the clemency program, um, we're going to be assisting Angel, his daughter, into writing a letter for her dad and try to get everybody else to also help support her letter and write letters of their own. Um, so stay tuned. There's going to be more, more from Angel Alfonso and his daughter coming soon. Um, so next, I were going to read, and I'm going to read Eddie Lepp's letter or message. It's a short one because at any point in time right now, we could get uh, Craig Cecil to call in. He is serving a life sentence, and he could break in any second with his phone call. So stay tuned and um, stay with us here. This message is for Eddie Lepp. Eddie Lepp is serving a 10-year sentence. Eddie went to trial, and he was found guilty. Um, he was growing uh, marijuana in Northern California. Um, he was one of our legends, actually. He was one of the first people to grow as much as he did. He grew all over the place. He just grew so much. And one day, the helicopters came through, um, loaded with federal agents, dropped, dropped in from the sky, came off the ground. They brought their trucks, and they cut down all Eddie's plants, took him to prison, and he has been behind bars ever since. And this is the message that he leaves to all of our um, to all of our to all of our our people here. He says, "This is a matter of heart. Not quite sure where to start. There's one thing I know is true in my heart. All of you, happy Heart Day. Love Eddie. So that's what Eddie knows about us is that um, Valentine's Day is true, and we are in our heart. So um, we're gonna have Mindy read." one of our prisoners that she speaks to's message while we wait for um while we wait for Craig to call. Mindy, are you there? Yes, I am here. Although we did lose Eugene. We did? I don't know Uh-oh. where he went. Just okay. so the listeners well, know, uh Kristen, I don't know if you've told everybody, but you're flying blind here and you don't have access to the uh the radio show site, so you can't see what's going on. So we're having quite the fun little game here of hide and seek on the radio yeah yeah we've um our password isn't working i know we had some some discrepancies last week as well but we're getting them worked out so yeah it, it is kind of hard because i don't see who's on the line i don't know if mindy's screaming when i ask her questions and she's screening the call and she can't answer so you guys just stay tuned we've, we've got lots of lots of good stuff coming up mindy while we wait for craig cecil to call in do you want to pick one of your prisoners and read one of their messages um, sure. I have one from Robert Furlong. He has been serving 15 years for weed in Colorado. Did you guys hear that? He's in Colorado, people. 
Um, anyway, <laughs> yeah, I mean, he he's pretty deep into his 15-year sentence, but still, yeah. Um, so he wrote to his daughter, and it says, um, Nesta, you are my one and only little wing. I am so proud of you and love you more than anything in the land. There can never be a father who loves his daughter more than I love you. Happy Valentine's Day, your daddy-o. I just love these little messages that they, I mean, these guys that are sitting in prison sending us messages that and allowing us to, to see a little piece of their heart um, is very touching to me. Paul Morgan, he's serving life in Oklahoma, and he just wanted me to make sure to tell everybody how much it means to him that we're all out here thinking about him. He's also in the process of he just turned in his commutation paperwork, and so um, he's hoping for prayers and good thoughts that that turns out good for him as well. Um, nice, nice. Oh, I think I think we got Eugene back, Kristen. I'm going to put Eugene on. Okay. Are you well, there, Eugene? Hello. Hi, Eugene. There you are, Eugene. Yeah, I'm sorry. I got dropped off. Uh, well, we're, we're oh, waiting. We're waiting for we're Craig gonna, to call in. And, um, yeah, and we're going to have Craig Cecil call in in a second. And he's an exceptional guy. He really is, as so many of these prisoners are. He's taken the sentence like a man. He's taken it. It's a you know a life sentence. That means you don't have any release date. That's what a life sentence is. It's not not some kind of joke. No release date. You can't. You don't even think about it when you're doing your sentence. You don't even think about the fact that there's no time out there that they're going to automatically let you go. And uh, in Craig's, Craig's case, it's even more bittersweet because he he hasn't isn't guilty of what they accused him of. He was repairing yeah. trailers, but he wasn't really part of the the marijuana conspiracy even. We, there's a couple and, like that. I mean, Corvain Cooper was not doing what um, they accused him of. He wasn't even in the same state. Um, Paul Free, another person who was charged with something that he couldn't possibly have done. Um, that, that's, a, that's not that uncommon, is it, Eugene? No, it isn't. Uh, um, as you all know, as listeners know, uh, um, Supreme Court Justice Scalia died last night or yesterday. But they had an interview of him, and uh, they asked him point blank. They said, "What about what about prisoners that are not guilty of doing what they were accused of?" And he he couldn't give a good answer. Here's the man who was on the Supreme Court, and he he knew he knew that there were so many innocent people in prison and doing horrible long sentences, and that's part of the part of the system. It's it's screwed up, you know. We know now through DNA you guys testing. Keep calling right now, so keep talking while I merge them in. Hold on. Okay. We know through DNA testing, a lot of people on murder uh, who were accused of murder were guilty of murder, like maybe half of them on in prison. That's pretty pretty imperfect system. Well, we're gonna have Craig come on now. He should be coming on right now. <laughs> It'll be any second, huh, Eugene? Good morning, yes. Craig. How are you? Good, good. Oh, good morning, Craig. Warm here. Good morning, Gene. 
Good morning, Craig. Happy to be there in Paris. Mindy on the line too, Craig. She says good morning too. Oh, hi, Mindy. And happy Valentine's Day to everybody. Happy (laughs) Valentine's Day. Thank you. Well, it's a little chilly here. It's about 14 degrees, and it's kind of, well, it's flurrying a little bit, a little bit of snow. Oh, God. (laughs) And I know (laughs) Gene is somewhere where he's in shorts. (laughs) (laughs) I'm in California. It's 70 degrees, but I looked at my my telephone, Craig, and just so you know, Ottawa, Canada, it's minus 20 degrees today. (laughs) <laughs> that would be hard on you. <laughs> Craig, we were we were just reading some Valentine's Day messages that some of our prisoners um, wrote for their loved ones. And two of our messages um, included um, prisoners that had younger daughters. And I know, you know, Valentine's Day wasn't for me all about um, having a boyfriend or spend a time with my boyfriend, sometimes it was to see what my dad was going to do for me on Valentine's Day. <laughs> so I know, you know, Valentine's Day isn't always about romance and things like that. Sometimes it's just about, you know, just showing love to somebody. Um, what what would you say you miss out on on Valentine's Day the most? Oh, just the camaraderie. And like you say, because uh, uh, – yeah. Every Valentine's Day, of course, I would see my daughter, and we we would actually exchange Valentines, and uh, and that was just, I mean, an annual ritual. It was something that uh, that was just very important to both of us, like the father daughter dances, and uh, you know, my that was forever stolen from my daughter. And I got locked up just days before her uh, eighth grade graduation, and she was to graduate second in her class. And she was so proud of that. Wow. But, but Valentine's Day is, is of the same thing. It's something that you look forward to every year, and uh, that was just taken away from, from both of us. I think a lot of people don't realize that when a judge sentences somebody, he's not just sentencing the person that's standing in front of him. He's, he's sentencing their children, their elderly parents, all the people that rely on them. And too often that that's just forgotten. So, Craig, when you think back about some of your past Valentine's days, I mean, can you? Re- I mean, you've been in prison for 13 years. Do you remember um, before 13 years what your Valentines were like? Well, like I say, often I, I would, you know, pick up actually both of my children, and uh, we would, you know, do some sort of little celebration, you know, because they were of course children. We would do some sort of celebration for Valentine's Day. You know, go out to eat, go mm-hmm. go to, you know, some sort of park, museum, what, whatever we did, you know, to enjoy an evening or to enjoy a day. And that was a, like I say, it was an annual ritual that we look forward to just as Christmas or, or Easter or anything else. Wow. So, um on today, our Sunday, Valentine's Day, you know, a lot of people I've been seeing on Facebook, oh, people don't want to celebrate Valentine's Day because it's just one day of the year that you show love, and it, you should be showing love every day of the year, et cetera, et cetera. Is there anything from behind bars that would um, lead you to believe, if you didn't know today was Valentine's Day, is there anything behind bars that would lead you to actually believe that today was Valentine's Day? 
No. Uh, about the only indication that it is Valentine's Day is an announcement that uh, cards for Valentine's Day will be sold. That's our our only <laughs> affirmation that it is Valentine's Day. <laughs> because, of course, uh, in a men's prison, uh, the men don't exchange Valentine cards. But, uh, <laughs> um, you know, outside of the, the announcements that, you know, inmates will make cards for sale or the commissary will sell Valentine's card, that's really about the only way that you would know it is Valentine's Day. This call is from a federal prison. Are they gonna? Is the prison gonna bake you a special cake tart or anything special for food today? <laughs> I'm just joking. I didn't really think they would, but <laughs> no, they won't. <laughs> Let's see. I may go. To, I, well, I will go to Catholic Mass today, so I'll find out what they have to say about selling St. Valentine. That you know, St. Valentine himself. But outside of that, I probably won't hear about. Uh, Valentine's Day at all. Are you still eating bologna sandwiches? No. No, they actually restored our suppers back to us, or or partial suppers, I, I should say. But uh, no, we're, we're back to eating three meals a day, three warm meals. So the bologna sandwiches for suppers have stopped, and that's primarily because it's now February. <laughs> they They said that they, you know... Uh, we're doing it through January, and they they quit a ways back. So we're we're now no longer eating bologna sandwiches every day. Ooh, I bet you're I bet you're tired. I bet you're happy about that. Oh boy, and Gene can verify that. I mean, you you get to the point where you just can't even look at a slice of bologna anymore. I can't even imagine what a prison bologna tastes like. Like, ugh. It's pretty oh, bad. It's, it's, it's pretty <laughs> bad. You you get two dry slices of bread with a piece of bologna on it. Sometimes they put a piece of cheese on it, and that's your sandwich. Oh wow! And the bologna is the lowest bidder for turkey bologna. So I mean, it's just something you really don't want to imagine. Craig, <laughs> mm. you can tell them. Sometimes it's even green. You don't even know what it is. Yes. <laughs> Yes, there's, and there's all kinds of hard things in the bologna that you probably don't want to know what they are. <laughs> wow. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, you know, that's, that's what definitely actually makes me mad. We're laughing because it sounds, you know, kind of funny, but really they make our plant prisoners eat nasty, dirty, icky bologna sandwiches that have... Um, you know, hard things in them. Like, why would our prisoners have to suffer through that for so long? I don't understand. Um, how has prison been this week for you? I know we didn't talk to you last week. You were forced to have to go work. Yes, but uh, my work my work schedule has also eased. So, as you can tell, I'm here. About <laughs> the only real newsworthy event is is there was a bunch of different bills and a bunch of different pressure before Congress. To look at some justice system reform, you know, maybe to look at some of the uh, the mandatory minimum sentences, to look at, you know, a few other things as far as prisoners. But over the last couple of weeks, uh, Senator Cotton has really put up a lot of resistance and pointed out that some of the people who gained early release last year 
two of them went out and murdered people. So based on that, they've wow. really scaled back what they're going to look at this year in terms of, you know, potential uh, sentencing reform or criminal justice reform. So they announced this week out of the Senate that they will scale back, you know, what they'll consider uh, putting up for a vote this year. So that's really our, our only, you know, prison or justice system news of the week. Wow. Yeah, it's really kind of a shame. One gentleman got his sentence reduced because they had retroactively changed the the crack cocaine guidelines he was sentenced under. He left the prison, went back to Columbus, Ohio. He went to his girlfriend's house. He killed her, killed her 7-year-old child, her 10-year-old child, and stabbed her new boyfriend when he walked in the door. And he 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 got out. Yes, he had gotten out early, and that's what he did. I guess within days of getting out. Okay. So. Oh, so he got out and then went and did that stuff. Correct. Wow. Wow. So is he back? He's not back probably where you're at. He's probably back in prison. Oh, he's definitely back incarcerated somewhere, you know, facing trial, of course, for his murders. Wow. But but, uh, but that, you know, just just kind of put a, puts a damper on the people that are trying to advocate for, you know, some of the sentence reform and and that. You know, although, you know, this man was incarcerated on a drug charge, on a crack cocaine charge, he had a whole list of violent, uh, you know, prior convictions that, you know, people left out of the equation. So it's it's not because he was a drug offender that he got out and became a murderer. It's because he's a violent person and got out and committed murder. So how long was he in there for before he got out? Somewhere around ten years. Wow. So you, so he actually was in there for violence for ten years, and you have not been violent at all, and you've been in for thirteen years. Correct. Correct. So he got out before you did, and then killed people in his death. But you're in there for cannabis for the rest of your life, and haven't been pardoned yet. Right, and I'm here with absolutely no prior convictions at all, which. You know, like Gene, I mean, how could you point at us and say you're the you're the most you're the worst of the worst scourge of societies to to get the worst sentence? That there's no possible way that we could be released from prison because we were such a threat to society. Yet that man with a list of prior convictions only had a ten year sentence. I mean that there's something very wrong with that. I agree. I agree. I, I bet. I bet the family of all the people that he killed would agree. Also, I bet you they would say, you know, he shouldn't have got out. Why? Why are they letting violent people out and not the nonviolent people? Because I bet you they're pretty. I bet you those people he killed, their family members are pretty upset that he was released in the first place. I would. Oh, be. of course. Of course. And like I say, my guidelines, my sentencing guidelines, put me at level forty-four. Now, had I been convicted of rape instead, my guideline would have been, I believe it was uh, level 20, which is a sentence of 30, 33 to 41 months. But yet for marijuana, it's a life sentence. Now, how can that make any sense? It doesn't. It just doesn't you know, make any sense at all. You know, had I been a horrible, violent criminal, I'd have been home years ago. My cellmate here... Rob Banks in three different states. 
his sentence, because he didn't have a gun, his sentence is 37 months imprisonment. He's going home next month. Wow. He robbed the bank. That means Actually, he robbed a bunch of them, yeah. A bunch of them? Yes. He <laughs> worked on a vehicle that supposedly was, was um, carrying cannabis across the nation or through the nation or, or on U.S. soil somewhere. Right, from Texas to Georgia to Florida, you know, the different places that a Florida-based company hauled their marijuana. And and the people actually proved that I... This call is from a federal prison. I wasn't a necessary part to their marijuana operation when after they locked me up, the same driver went back down to the Mexican border got yet another load of marijuana and delivered yet another load of marijuana while I was locked up. So I clearly wasn't necessary to his marijuana ventures because I was locked up and he still continued doing them. Just now he did them as a confidential informant for the government. Wow. Um, I'm going to read you a a something that I just read it for our listeners, but I'm going to read it for you. Um, it's something that Sherry wrote to all the marijuana lifers. It just, and I know you're really close to Sherry, so I'm just going to read it again. Um, it says, Sherry Card, I sent the Valentine's Day message messages to all the marijuana lifers. They enrich my life and send me love every day. And I thank them for that and for inspiring the things I have learned from them through them. So that was a message from Sherry. Uh-oh. Yeah. And likewise, I'd have to say that, you know, you people have given me such an inspiration. And, and you even inspire the people around me who's, who see the pictures on the wall that know I'm on the phone now and all that. They're, they're inspired that that people like you on the outside have remembered that there's those of us behind the razor wire. And that just makes a big difference to know that somebody knows we're here, that somebody's remembered that we're here. Right now, the Ranger Wires put out by uh, November, uh, November Coalition. So that is one of our favorite people is the November Coalition. We love Nora Callahan who who gets those to you guys. Are they out again? The Ranger Wire came out again. I hear they're about to. I haven't seen one. Okay. I haven't okay. seen one. But the phone's about to hang up. And Happy Valentine's Day to all of you that have remembered me and so many others behind the behind the wall in here. All right, well, thank you, Craig. Thank you. Uh, you guys, that was Craig Cecil serving life in prison for a plant. And I just want to apologize to everybody. My voice is a little crackly because I've been very sick for the last couple of days. So if I sound a little a little uh, rough and hoarse, that, that's the reason why. Um, um, so next, well, while we wait for George Monterano, Eugene, George is calling in this morning, right? Eugene? Hello. Yeah, I'm. I'm going to. Uh, I'm going to get off of the radio for a second and call George because sometimes okay. he forgets, and uh, okay, so I'll be well, off from trying to get him to make sure okay. he uh, comes on. Okay, bye. Well, bye we, for a moment. we've got 12 minutes for him, so um, we'll talk to you soon. In the meantime, um, I'm going to read a message from Chris Williams, or at, and, and then um, we're going to go to George Monterano. First, this is what Chris Williams said. For those of you who don't know who Chris Williams is. Chris Williams was my dad's business partner. Okay, after the government killed off my dad, um, Chris Williams, he had four more partners left, and Chris Williams was one of them. 
Chris Williams didn't think it was fair that he had to go to jail for a plant or about the charges, so he went to trial, and he fought it out in trial. Well, that um, messed him up a little bit because guess what? The other business partner snitched on him. So he was found guilty of selling, violating the Schedule One drug laws, which says that cannabis is still very illegal. So regardless of what um, of what he did, um, that was good for the world. The government didn't see it that way, and they locked him in prison instead. So this is a message for Chris on Valentine's Day. Um, and forgive me if I'm a little weird when I read it because I've been sick. But hey, I wanted to, I wanted you to have something to read tomorrow. Can you also post it to free Chris Williams after you have read it? Let me know what you think and how it's received. So after this, you can see this on the free Chris Williams page, and you can also see it on the Voices of Cannabis War page. This is what he writes. Does you ever feel forbidden from experimenting romantic love? This Valentine's Day, my thoughts travel to the wonderful women I have loved, and I still love them very much. I remember the details of their nature and the time we spent together. Now these women, now these amazing women have moved on with life. They are in loving, caring relationships. They are having children. They are happy. I wish them nothing more than happiness and joy in their lives. When we have truly loved someone, I can never feel bitter about them continuing with life, even though our relationship did not work out. There is a magic in loving someone. When it is true, this is enduring love will last beyond time and space. I have felt passionate about only one woman since I have been in prison, but feeling and experiencing love while in prison seems forbidden. In many ways, the emotions and thoughts in prison do not seem available for love, just as you would not trust a starving person to rely to be a reliable chef when I'm also so starved for true emotion of human contact. I am not in the best emotional position to judge my feelings. Over the past 40 months, I have been hugged less than 50 times. I have not been kissed one time in 41 months. So please don't take the love you have out there for granted. Give someone a big hug right now and give them Valentine's Day kiss, buddy. You will never know when they may not be there to hug and kiss. This week, I'm hit with a devastating bit of news. The halfway house in Montana Montana are full. Not surprising since the halfway house house in Butte has only 24 beds for federal inmates. I will not be released to a halfway house until November 2016. I had hopes on being released in May or August, which were nothing but hopes. As the policy stands, the Butte Halfway House will try to put me on the street after seven days. All of this involves complex policy stuff that I have become an expert on during my prison sentence. The real slap in the face is that I will not that I will have to pay 25% of my gross income to the Halfway House until May 2017. Yep, you heard that right. Even though I'm not living in the Halfway House, they still take 25% of my wages. Does this sound crazy to you? Many policies in the Federal Bureau of Prisons are a little crazy and intentionally confusing. Even if it's not right, it is the policy, and I have to learn and live with it. I will expect greater detail on I will explain in greater detail on Free Chris Williams page book or the www.freechriswilliams.com at another time. I don't know what these policies are best don't know that these policies are the best way to reduce uh rickettism I don't, I don't know what that word recidivism. Okay, and I am sure this is not what the Second Chance Act intended. I will let work 
I will let I will still work through it and do my best. Like everyone, everything else that in this federal system has put me through in in my path to crush me, I will overcome this. I will continue to find benefits and exciting opportunities to transform these obstacles into lessons and a solid foundation for personal growth. Eventually, I will. I will use all these expectations, all these experiences to create success. Thank you for your continued support and interest in my case. If you feel passionate about cannabis movement and enjoy hearing about what happens to the federal prisoner, visit, share, and like Free Chris Williams at Facebook and check out www.freechriswilliams.com. Thank you. Be well, Chris Williams. So that was uh, my dad's business partner and close friend of mine, Chris Williams' message to the world regarding Valentine's Day. Um, it doesn't look like George is on yet. Um, Eugene, did you get a chance to communicate with George about uh, the show? I, I left the message, uh, Kristen. He's up there in Philadelphia. He might be taking care of his mother. He usually uh, comes on, but I usually have to give him a reminder I didn't today. Uh, you know, Kristen, um, while we're waiting for him, Maybe I can just give you a little prison story about a broken heart. I'm talking about Valentine's Day. I had a cellmate. His name was Novak. And uh, he was a motorcycle guy, tough guy. And his wife turned and his kids turned their back on him completely. And he would write these long letters to them expressing his love and so on, and no answer. Nothing came back. And it was very depressing having him as a cellmate, and he shifted to another cell because I said I I couldn't take it anymore. It was, it was breaking my heart to see him. Not too long after that, he uh, committed suicide, killed himself. And they interviewed us. And because uh, they wanted to find out if there was some kind of, uh, this is the way the guard mentality works in prison. They wanted to find out if it was some kind of conspiracy or something. I remember I was interviewed on it, and uh, I told the SIS guy, that's the uh, police that do the investigation in prison. I said, well, you know who killed him. I said, I'll tell you who killed him. You killed him. You killed him by breaking his family up, by breaking, letting the man go to prison, and he had a broken heart, and the result was his death. There's no other way to paint it. That's what happened. And, and Christian, that happens quite often. Um, there are many good people, good ladies who stay with their husbands or boyfriends, and kids, kids tend to stay with their fathers while they're in prison, but I've seen so many cases when guys just had their hearts broken because their ladies moved on. And I can never blame the, the lady because, you know, their 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 ban is, is gone, effectively, and they have to get on with their life. But that's part of prison. And, uh, you know, Christian, I just read this morning I was looking through some notes I had, and there was a there was a New York judge called Saul Wachter, and he wrote a, bo- a book. He was he was given a prison sentence, went to prison, 
and he got out, and then he was hit with the uh, director, uh, uh, the director of the Bureau of Prisons, in a conference, and he heard him talk about, you know, where we work with our prisoners to rehabilitate them and so on, and his comment was, "Does the director of prisons, do the people who run these prisons?" Do they realize that you put a man away for 10 years? Let's just talk about 10 years. Not 13 like Craig has or 25 like I did or 30-some-odd like George Moderano did, but just over 10 years. He, he said, do, do they realize that no prisoner comes out of 10-year incarceration without being dysfunctional, without having some part of his life screwed up so badly? that it's really hard to put it together again. So my my wishes on this day are for those prisoners, men and women, who are in prison with broken hearts. Let's forget about the sentences for the moment. They're in, in prison with broken hearts, not being there for their loved ones, not not being there for a child or, or, or a sweetheart or a boyfriend or whatever. Let's let's put our energy out there. Say that there we we love them all, and that there is Thank love. You. Thank you, Eugene. Um, um, I I wrote a message for Valentine's Day too, and I'm just going to read it real quick since you since you said your time. I'm going to read mine, and then we're going to have Mindy read a few more from our prisoners. My message is this: the deepest emotions in our heart are love and compassion. These emotions become real when we feel a loved one's touch, when we hug our children or we kiss someone that we care about. When our prisoners lose their freedom, they lose the ability to physically show their emotions to their family and friends. The loss of a prisoner's freedom often turns their hearts cold from not being able to physically love. If you are without your loved ones today, you must believe and feel from your thoughts. Don't let them slip away. Your thoughts are very important because they turn into actions. So love hard. Love from your heart and soul, and peace will eventually overcome your pain. Focus your thoughts on what you want, not what you don't have. I want to say happy Valentine's to all. Say, happy Valentine's Day to all of our nonviolent prisoners, their families who are going without their loved ones touched this year. I mean it from deep within my heart. Um, love always, Kristen. Okay, so that was my message, and now we're going to have Mindy come on, and Mindy's going to lead, That's lead a couple. Oh, thank you, Eugene. Um, I wrote it for Mindy. Mindy wanted me to write something for KBU, so um, that's actually for um, Mindy's going to be on a radio show tomorrow, and you might be on there too, Eugene. Um, Mindy, are you there? You want to tell us about KBU and read a couple of our prisoners' messages? Um, yeah. Um, after Mindy, where after Mindy's, hold on. Let me just say this real quick, Mindy. After Mindy's done, we're going to hear from Stacy Tice, who um, has a message about Valentine's. We're going to talk about a couple of prisoners there as well. Hi, Mindy. <laughs> Hi, Christine. Um. Let's see, let's start with KBOO. KBOO is a community-based radio station here in Portland, and it broadcasts to um, uh, different areas in Oregon. It doesn't quite cover all of Oregon. Um, but the cool thing is is it does get into the prison. So there's a lot of um, prisoners who hear the KBOO show. It's called Prison Pipeline. It's um, KBOO's on all the time, but the show that I'm speaking of is Prison Pipeline, and it's on um, Monday evenings at 6.30, and they cover all topics about prison. It's not just about um, cannabis uh, prisoners. It's it's about 
all the issues that anybody who goes to prison has to face. And they're doing a special Valentine's Day show. So um, that's what's happening on KBU on Monday. And because of their um, thoughts about it, um, they helped us think of what we were going to do for our Valentine's Day show. So we've been collecting all these notes. Um, One that I have here is from Jason Nelson. He is an Oregonian. He lived in uh, Grants Pass, Oregon, and was a uh, dispensary owner, and uh, he owned a bicycle shop. He uh, supported the Boys and Girls Club, and um, his his girlfriend at the time um, had cancer, and she um, she didn't make it, even though he did everything he could to provide her the medicine. Um, well, and then the feds came and raided him, so he is sitting in prison in California finishing up, I believe it's a 15-year sentence. And his message was to his friend Greg, and I'm going to, I hope I say this right, but it's Greg Witchery. And he says that he come, that this person comes down and visits him um, every year. He's always been supportive of his situation, even is helping him with ideas of what to do when he gets out of prison. Um, he just wanted me to make sure to put up a big uh, shout-out to him and that he's a really good person and a great friend no matter what. And, again, that's from Jason Nelson. And then we also have a message um, from Amber Taylor. Amber, her dad, Thomas Landris, is in prison in Oklahoma for a joint. Um, he had some priors which attributed to the 20-year sentence of a joint. Um, so he's in the joint for a joint, and wow. um, he's got brain tumors. Well, Amber's husband is also in prison. So she has both um, her dad and her husband in prison. And her so her message says, um, for Thomas Landris, happy Valentine's Day, Pop. This is our 30th Valentine's Day apart, but you're always in my heart. And then to her husband, um, Ladarian Taylor, Although our Valentine's Day will be in a visiting room, I will cherish every second I have with you. Free my family. No jail for drugs. No victim. No crime. And that's from Amber. And I just want to say I am very excited for her. She hasn't seen her husband for about eight months. And um, so, and she's surprising him today in the visiting room. He didn't know she was coming. So I, I think that's about all the messages I might have, Kristen. Okay, cool. Well, um, I'm looking on here, and I think we got them all, too. Um, There's still a lot more prisoners out there that we didn't get. um, Well, what about um, Scott Waltz? We've got him here. Yeah, Scott Waltz. Scott just got out of prison literally weeks ago. He had been in for, I believe it was 20... It was over 20 years, like 24 or something ridiculous. Like Eugene said, once you're over 20, who cares at that point? But um, Scott says to all those under the shackles for weed, have faith, keep your strength, and stay focused. We will survive, and he's with, I'm with you always. Um, Scott has been tirelessly uh, working at reentering the um, – the, the I, would, I don't want to call outside the real world because it's real for them inside, but – He's been working at, um, at at reentering and painting a lot. So if you want to see his art, check out his Facebook page, Scott Walt. That's W-A-L-T. Sweet, sweet, sweet. In fact, we've had a few of Scott Walt's or one of Scott Walt's advocates on our show at one point. 
talk, telling us about him while he was actually in prison. So it's awesome. Yes, to Wendy. See yeah, while he was there. So it's and really Stacy. Cool Stacy's been. Stacy's been quite a verbal um, advocate for Walt as well. Oh, cool. Well, in fact, we have Stacy on the line. Let's bring her on. We're going to talk to Stacy. Okay, for our listeners who don't know who Stacy is, and I love introducing Stacy because she's like a goddess to all of us. Because she, Stacy, has had a family member. Um, her uncle Gary Shepard was shot down by the feds, and he was hit in his body with bullets over 21 times. That's not okay with Stacy. That's hell not okay with Stacy. Stacy said, "Oh heck no! I'm going to drive this bus. I'm going to get a bus." I'm going to drive it around, and I'm going to end this war. And she does. Every day, she ends the war. Not only does she just do it because it's her passion, but she does it really good, too. Like, she's the best um, warrior that I've pretty much almost ever met, ever. Like, she's really good at what she does. And Stacy is a huge inspiration to me. Stacy's been fighting. Um, we're going to talk to Stacy about, one, Richard DeLisi, two, Scott Walt, and three, Chris Martin. She's from Arizona, where we had Chris Martin Andes. Wife on the phone earlier today, so Stacy's going to talk to us about what she feels about Chris Martin. Um, Stacy, are you on the line? Yeah, honey. Hi. Yay! The princess is here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not much of a holiday person, but if I was doing anything else on Valentine, I mean, I wouldn't want to be doing anything else on Valentine's Day. But being a part of all this love fest going on on the show. I see the bus has the new engine, and you're going to test drive. So, so for our listeners, the big green can of bus has been broke down, and she's got a transmission in it now and a test drive coming. Yeah, um, we're <laughs> test driving um, the bus today um, after the show, so I'm very excited. Like, she's waiting on me now, so oh. I've been waiting on her for all these months, and now she's out there waiting on me, ready to drive her and see how everything everything sounds really good. So it's very exciting. Um, I guess uh, first thing I'll say is that the reason why it's so exciting is that, you know, listening to, you know, anyone listening to the show, they can understand um, that our prisoners here at home are just as important as, you know, all of the veterans that, you know, are able to wear the war hats and join VFWs and American legions and stuff because they've been, you know, in wars, a lot of times fake wars, fake wars in the name of freedom and justice and liberty here in America. And a lot of times, you know, it's very, you know, it, yeah, we're coming so far, but we're not far enough when the general public is still not recognizing that the people that we show up for, the people that you all have this beautiful show for every Sunday, the people that I drive up the bus around for, these are our war veterans. And for a very real war happening on American soil, and it is a very real world war that is very serious and happening 
live in action every day when we get up and breathe and go on about our rush hour and all of that jazz that we do, we are participating. There is a very live war going on. And these beautiful people, these aren't criminals. These are moms and dads and sisters and brothers and and beautiful people that are, are, are good and about caring about people. And we recognize our soldiers all the time and we salute them and we say, thank you for caring about us and thank you for going to Iraq and Vietnam and doing all this stuff because you care about us. But we have to continue doing everything that we can to get the general public to recognize that our people, Christ's people, have to call in every day, you know, every Sunday from prison. He, we would we would be that mad if somebody had one of our people as a prisoner in war in Iraq. This is so very real. And, you know, I mean, I just, I just am overwhelmed because, you know, like everyone brought up today is just like someone so dear to me in so many different ways, you know, you know, Chris Martin and, and, Andy Martin, and yes, there are other people in this war and, and that we're advocating for and stuff, but when I first lost my mind in Amsterdam University and, and was really wrapping around my mind around that everything that my Uncle Gary has stood up for, there was science and knowledge and doctors saying the exact same thing they killed my Uncle Gary for doing you know, went a little crazy and had to tell everyone I could about the truth. Well, just like magic, because medical marijuana was happening new in Arizona, just like magic, I was being put in circumstances of people suffering from cancer and suffering from pharmaceuticals and suffering from severe pain. That people were reaching out to me and saying, can medical marijuana help? Can marijuana help? And it was Chris Mark, you know, there was a, a handful of caregivers at the time that I, I didn't know, you know, I was spending my own money helping people and sharing these stories. Oh, there was caregivers that were just donating things to make sure that we were able to continue helping people and get the medicine out to people. And... Chris Martin, like, out of the goodness of his heart, you know, he gets a kitchen that has this beautiful meeting room. He reaches out to me, you know, hey, Mama, I want you to come look at my kitchen because I think I'll be able to let you do a lot of your meetings and advocacy stuff in the in the outside room. And, oh, they had a drawer of their misshapen candy just to donate to patients. And... You know, Chris is just doing his thing, doing his magic, being himself and doing his, you know, he's an awesome dad and husband and and chef. But I, because of people like that, that are good people, I was being able, you know, advocacy's hard, but I was being blessed with the phone calls of, guess what, Stacey, because of that candy and because of that tincture, I'm down from you know, 16 pills a day to five, or I had husbands and 
and loved ones calling and letting me know updates on their loved ones that had been suffering until someone like Chris Martin shared love. You know, that love connection made it to them, and that was magic, you know. And then, oh, we talk about Chris Williams, and we did the journey for justice for him. And why was that not even a question when you guys called to ask for our participation? Because, oh, my God, they're breaking up another dad and son when there's no good reason for that to be happening. And we all know what happens when you take parents away from their children, you know. But nothing good comes out of that. And, oh, you speaking, you know, you can understand because just like you were speaking earlier, you know, I can understand that, like, Oh, my Valentine's, one of my favorite things about Valentine's is, you know, your experience with your dad that you said earlier, you know. We have daughters just like you, and thank God their dads haven't died in prison, but they're missing their dads today. Gary Duvall has a very beautiful daughter and, you know, son too, but he's an innocent man in prison, and... Ashley DeLisi, oh, her dad. He's been in prison since she was three years old. And she's going through labor right now. You know, she's almost having a baby. Huh? And she's like 27 now? Yeah, and she's having her first baby, and DeLisi's becoming a granddad for the first time while in prison. Like, that, I mean, the point that I'm, I'm trying to make, why I fumble and whatever, because it has been emotional, you know, to listen to and beautiful so much is that, you know, that's why we do this. And that's why so many people that, you know, and I'm so blessed and appreciative of so many cheerleaders, but that's why we have to continue to turn our cheerleaders into active people helping to get the respect and knowledge and movement for our prisoners of war that are here at home, you know, and because we are, they're all family. And just like Kristen, you know, this was, this became, our prisoners became became so important and family is so important when I started advocacy because I knew 18 years later that we were not missing my Uncle Gary any less. Our lives were not you know, hurt or harmed any less 18 years after they blew him away and filled his body full of bullets over 12 marijuana plants. And and you know today, Kristen, that your body and your heart does not hurt any less knowing that your dad died in federal prison. And we have the ability at any given time at any given moment, we can just decide to do the right thing and turn locks on doors and reunite these families that there is no, you know, life and death divine reason why we, they can't have their, their loved ones right back in their lives again. There's no, it's so simple. And it will be that simple the more and more people that we continue to 
talk to and share these stories. And that's why I'm so appreciative and thankful because I know what kind of courage it takes and power and love it takes our prisoners to continue to be active and speak up and and everything that our, our people that you do, Kristen. I know how, you know, I know what cheerleading that you must have to give yourself on a daily basis to continue showing up for everyone when, you know, your mom's out of prison, you know, and, and you know, your dad is with you in spirit and you could totally selfishly go on about your life and know that, oh, well, I'm just in a fucked up world, but you dedicate your life and heart every day to changing it and reuniting families. And and just like Eugene Fisher and Craig Diesel, you know, like everybody that Mindy, um, I guess that's my love message is that I love you guys every day so, so much. Oh, I don't understand how appreciative that I am to to see all the the love and action happening. Um, it makes sure that, you know, I don't give up that every every year it is seen that even though it's not fast enough for me and I get very frustrated and patient sometimes, you know, especially when the bus is not moving, it's it, thank you for all the love that everyone listening and you all doing this show continue to spread and share because it it does mean so much and it is so necessary, you know, until until we can mention about our plant prisoners and get that reaction and acknowledgement that our plant prisoners are our prisoners of war, you know, just as much as anyone else. And that's not any disrespect to our, you know, our military veterans. Our plant prisoners are war veterans, too, and I appreciate you all so very much and have mad love and know (laughs) that I can't wait to get the big love bus back on the road. I'm very excited for the test drive (laughs) because it's a very um, magical love way to continue to, you know, help (laughs) Well, Stacy, we have something that might make you cheer you up. I know you you sound heartbroken when you when you speak, you bring tears to my eyes. But we have Stephanie Landit on the phone, and she did so much good stuff for our prisoners. You are going to be so happy. We're about we're going to bring her on the line right now. And I don't know if you know what she's done yet, because I don't know if you've seen her Facebook wall or anything like that. But um, she's going to tell us some really really happy new Valentine's Day news. Um, Steph, Stephanie, are you Hi. there? Hi. You got Stacy on the phone. I know. Hi, Stephanie. Hi. I'm sure she knows because I'm sure she, like, goes to my Facebook. I'm sure, sure, sure. But anyway, (laughs) everybody else that doesn't know, like, we collected $3,500 selling hot chocolate. And then somebody, Trapzilla, this uh, friend of my kids, Adolfo, he matched it. So... $7,000 for commissary on $7,000. 70 people are going to get $100. <laughs> and I think Mindy, like, has our list happening. And now that I'm, like, a little bit recovered, I'll take the list, and this week we'll just do that. 
And um, I'm really, really, really excited because this is the most I've ever collected ever. And I can only hope that everybody's going to, like, go to their phone and go to my website, which is freedomgrow.org, and just push the donate button. Like, even for $5, you know, just push the button. And then every time you push it, somebody will get some money, like, within that month as soon as, like, you push it enough times. And then I'll go to the post office and put it on their commissary. And when you get $100 and you're in prison and you get it from someone you don't know or from a community that you don't know, the faith inside of your heart explodes. It's just like, God, I wonder who that is. Oh, my God, who is this? And it, it, the reaction that you get inside of you if you're in jail for pot when you know it's so wrong is magic. It's just magic. It carries you on for months. So I just have to um, tell everybody it would be good to push that button. It will make your freedom grow feel dot good. com or freedomgrow.org. Freedomgrow.org. Oh, yeah. And I have some more good news. Um, what? More? I, <laughs> Kristen had asked me about my 501c3 and if she could use it on her, like if she wants a booth or something. I want everyone to know that I want freedom to grow and I want everyone to use me or use that vehicle anytime they feel like it'll benefit the prisoners. Anytime. This was not for me. I didn't even want, you know, I'm a hippie. I don't want all this book work and stuff. It's just like, really? But I really want the prisoners to get more money because there's thousands of people in jail for pot. A lot of them are lifers. So I don't think that that's very good that they have no money and no support from us as a community. Now, I understand the clemency letters and the letters and everything, but as out here, money talks. Yeah. So that's what I want to say. I got to interject here. Uh, um, Stacey was talking about how Chris Martin – uh, provided her an ability to be able to help other people and how, you know, he was kind of the one that did the work, but she got to be able to get a lot of the thanks and how much that meant to her. And that's what you are to me, Stephanie, just being able to help compile that list and <laughs> typing, and, you know, that prisoner's name down. And and then not only that, you, you tell me, hey, Mindy, will you let them know that the money's coming? And, and so then I get to see their thank you and their joy. You, yeah. What you are doing for them has made a huge difference in my heart, and makes my heart swell every time. And the fact that you allow us to be a part of what you're doing, it 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 it, it bubbles out to way more than those prisoners. It makes a difference to a lot more people than just the one person who gets the money that all of you guys work so hard to to get and whether it be the person who worked their tail off at McDonald's to put that McDo- that that dollar in your bucket for the hot cocoa mm-hmm. or you who right. stood there and gathered it. That doesn't matter. I didn't do any of that, but I still get to feel some of that love and I just I'm so grateful to you, Stephanie. Because it's a community. We have to take care of our pot soldiers. Like <laughs> I mean, it could be us. That's the whole thing. Yeah. Like anytime somebody goes to prison it is us. Like when we when we wore those signs up in Montana that said, we are Chris Williams. We are. You know, yep. any one of us. It could happen to anybody. Mm-hmm. 
You know, I mean, my son's going to prison the end of the month. It's a crazy thing, but he's going, you know, and he has to. You know, some people have to go, and we get to be out here and not go. You know, and when it's over, huh? That's not fair that people should have to go to jail for a plant. Well, I mean, there's always social injustices. That's life. Life is full of social injustices, and we have to right them. And, you know, like we're only like a little tiny part that's trying to write it. But since we saw results, since we saw three lifers without parole get out last year, we're motivated. Like I'm like up. Hey, I want to take care of people in halfway houses, anywhere they are, you know, because like they have my respect, no, total respect, because they sure. are our soldiers. We're not going to like have a war and then not take care of them when they come home. There are vets. There are people that, you know, our government will never take care of our pot soldiers, ever. You know, they're um, not going to get any benefits. They can't go to the vet hospital. So, yeah. so Stacey, one of the people that Stephanie is helping is Richard DeLisi and also Chris Martin. The prisoners that you mentioned on our show today are on the list to receive $100. So, oh, yay, um, yay, yay, yay. Yeah, and if if you have anybody else that's not on the list, I think I think Mindy covered the list pretty well, but um, there's still a few available spots. If you know any other prisoners that aren't on the list, um, you can give them I the know. Okay, Kyle Cantlin is one of our. Um, he was he's actually he's a veteran, but he's he was also very active and he's always been an active advocate, and he was. Give it to Mindy. At the same time, <laughs> yeah. At the same time, during uh, Chris's trial, he was going through his too, and he's been recently sentenced. And I know his family struggles a lot. You know. Yeah, send me his information, and I'll put it on the list, my dear. And Stephanie, of course, I keep up with you. Job. You bring sunshine to me. <laughs> Oh, I, love I appreciate too. everything that you you do. Every time I need to to find sunshine, I I find Stephanie. <laughs> oh God, that makes me feel so good. So is Jean there? Dean, are you there? Yes, yes, I'm here. Okay, I want everybody to know Jean and I made up. <laughs> like, right, guys, most also, people don't know you guys, that you I, were fighting. <laughs> You guys, I don't want to leave somebody else. Valentine's Day, Stephanie. Oh, my love. Again, I love you. guys, we've also got uh, we've also got Dr. Allen on the line. He doesn't want to come oh. on. Oh. Um, but if you guys want to send Dr. Allen a Valentine's message, we love you, love Dr. Allen. He's listening to the show right now. Um, he doesn't have much to say. Valentine's Day. But, oh, um, happy, hi. That happy Valentine's Day. Day. Oh, he dropped hey. off. He said he dropped off. Oh, well, that's he too was bad there. because, like, he was my first prisoner that I started writing to and when I got out of jail. He was, like, the first person, and, like, he told me I saved his life. Like, he, you know, a doctor in prison, that was big for nothing. Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize that's. Yeah. Fine, dear. How sweet is that? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know that was really, and you know, since he was the first one, I wrote to him a lot. 
because he was, you know, brilliant and wrote back. <laughs> so we had a whole relationship for like a whole year. It was great. It was great. I love him. I love you, David. <laughs> so, <laughs> this is such a great day. I'm sending him a message mark, right but, now. Uh, well, I love, love, love him. And I love so your show, I. and I'm glad that Milan and everybody worked it out and that you're still on the air. <laughs> yes, for <There> sure. <laughs> it straightened the whole thing out. That was great. Right. Um, well, we're, we're not sure. We're not sure it's straight, Stephanie. But we're 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 moving ahead. We're moving ahead. Well, I don't know. I kind of said something to everybody, so I think that it's kind of straight now. <laughs> like, well, you, you guys, guys can't have... act like you're in high school. <laughs> well, you guys, we have our next uh, our next guest on the line, Teresa. Is there anything that? Um, Anybody, Eugene, um, Stephanie, Mindy, or Stacey wants to say before we go to our next interview? I love all you revolutionaries. I really <laughs> love you guys. And freedomgrow.org. Push freedomgrow.org. Okay, cool. that's all I have to say. Okay. So I could leave. I love you guys. Love you too, Stephanie. I love you, I love you too. <laughs> Okay, talk to you soon. Thank you. Love I'll stay you. on until you cut me off, but go ahead. Stacey, is there anything that you would like to say for the um, listeners before we part ways? Just again that, you know, same thing, that I love you guys also so much. And I'm definitely going to love test driving the cannabis in about 45 minutes. Are you going to take another video <laughs> of it driving? Oh, yeah, I will. Cool, cool. I enjoyed the video yesterday of the big old, what was it, the engine? Yes, yeah, yeah, it's fun. <laughs> I can't wait to, I'm I'm trying, I'm being cheerleaded by a couple friends that you really need a video more, and I'm really trying to remember to do that. But thank, <laughs> thank you for the reminder. Welcome, <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you for calling in today. We love you, and we always love to hear you. You are, like I said, a hero to all of us, and I can't wait for the bus to get on the road. Well, you all are heroes to me, and and I appreciate all the the love magic you all inspire and everything. Thank you. Cool. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Well, you guys, um, Eugene, is there anything you wanted to say? Before we bring up our next, no, I'm just, I'm, I'm just uh, overwhelmed by all the love you girls are, are putting out there. <laughs> uh, it's, it's a love fest. <laughs> it, it's all right, cool. cool. All right, well, you guys, our next guest is Teresa Deming. Teresa has been facing some charges in, in Las Vegas, Nevada, and her charges. She's been really scared that she's going to go to jail. She's been wanting to go to trial, uh, but right now her case is over. Um, she's on the line right now to tell us what happened and why and what's going on with her and her case. Um, Teresa, are you there? Hold on. We've got to get her on here. We, um, Like I said, we don't have – I don't have access to the um, – I'm trying to go to it, you guys. I don't have access to the, the site. Um, right now because it wouldn't let us in but um, let's 
go. I'm trying to send me a message to unmute Teresa's mic. Teresa, are you there? Um, I think Mindy might be screening calls. So as we wait for Teresa to come on, um, I'm going to look to see if we have any more messages from our prisoners for for the radio show here. I'm asking Mindy to unmute unmute Teresa's mic. Um, so let's see here. If we have any more prisoners on here, um, we're also going to stay tuned, you guys, because we're also going to be hearing from Tom Corby, who has talking. Hey, and I got Teresa on. I'm sorry, I was screening. That's okay. <laughs> Teresa's on right now. now. Hi, Teresa. What? Tell us what's going on. Am I on? Thank you. Am I yeah, on? Yeah, you're on, Teresa. You're on. You're live on the Voices of the Cannabis Wars radio show. I'm sorry. I woke up with a nasty headache this morning. Uh oh. Yeah, I've got sinusitis. So. Uh oh. Yeah, from all the stress, it finally broke loose. Uh oh. Um, basically, I I finally got a um, conflict attorney. And um, it, the, the, the um, deal was already down to a misdemeanor and a $348 fine, and they they still wanted my guns. Um, what? They still wanted my guns. I've been told by more people than I can count that it's policy to not give me back my guns under any circumstances. So wow. they, that was part of the deal, but um, we negotiated a deal um, where I take a plea um, of submittal. I, I basically got the idea from what um, that deal that um, Frederica got, and we negotiated a plea um, for submittal. I didn't make any plea whatsoever. Um, the the lawyer the attorney said submittal. Um I it was for a charge of possession of a dangerous drug not for public consumption, a three hundred and forty eight dollar fine and um I surrender my weapons. Um and then everything is dismissed. Everything is dismissed. There will be nothing on my record. I can have it sealed, and it will never have existed. Wow. So, basically, I've been acquitted. That's that's impressive, um, Teresa, because you have been stressing for a long time about these charges. Now, I'm personally, you know, I'm personally, you know, they they have to take your gun. That that bothers me, but you have freedom. So, yes. Yes, I'm free again. I still have my rights. Wow. Yep. I can, I can, um, the, the basic reasoning behind all this is my, my, my position has always been, I, I want to grow for a living. I want to, I want to work in the industry. I want to provide for other people. And with all of this hanging over my head or any of it on my record, I wouldn't be able to work on in the industry. So, this is this was all always my goal was either to go to trial and get acquitted, or just have everything dismissed to a deal. And I was able to arrange that, and I still have my rights. Um, 
I can I can purchase new things if I choose to. Um, currently, the 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 law here says that because I have a card, I can't have weapons. So, but we're also trying to fix that. So, I still have my rights. Nice. So yeah, well, everything's happy. pretty much so good. I'm happy that you're not going to be going to jail for a plant. Oh, I'm more than happy, especially seeing as how I really didn't do what they said I was doing. And they had no evidence, and I was able to prove that. And that's basically how I got the deal. Um, They realized that, you know, they didn't have any evidence and um, that I would successfully fight it in, in, in trial. So... Basically, we just saved ourselves all. We saved everybody a little bit of time and a whole lot of money. So nice. I'm kind of glad about the whole thing too, but I'm more than a little upset about having to give up my guns. You know that would really upset me too because you're clearly not a violent person. You've clearly never hurt anybody with those guns. Um, Absolutely. What does that have to do with marijuana? I don't know, but you know, like taking your guns is going to make you grow less plants or something. I, I don't understand where they get at with that, but in well, my they, my opinion, it's a way to just you know take your guns. It's a way to a, a way to get something um, for nothing. That's I don't pretty know. Pretty much still it. Yeah, they they kept telling me it was policy, nothing to do with the law. It's policy. And the reason for the policy is they were concerned about if they give them back to me, they might get stolen and end up in the hands of a criminal. Mm, wow. What's well, a lot of what if um, for violating your rights? I mean, I really feel like regardless of marijuana, you should have the right to protect yourself. Um, I'm I'm completely behind that. You know, it's like I'm in a position where I could be my home could be invaded for multiple reasons. Yep, yep. The least of which is the fact that I grow here. And it has been invaded because I grow here. And they have left me completely defenseless. So, yeah, you know, I'm and never then I, a little upset about it. Well, let me tell you this, Teresa. My, my father, he was a gun owner, and when he went to prison, or actually when they raided his house, they took all of his guns. And yeah. he's never gone back. And now that my mom's out of prison... Um, I, I'm also a gun owner, and I'm not allowed to have my guns because my mom lives in my house. So I have to keep my guns completely out of out of my home, away from my sight, out of my sight, so my mom don't go back to prison. And I'm a single woman um, with two kids. I really feel like, you know, guns protect me from what could possibly happen out there, but I can't have them either. So we are in the same boat, even though I'm not particularly in trouble, like been sentenced like you have. Um, I can't yeah. have guns either, and I'm, I'm I'm completely on your side about that. But um, I know it's a it's a it's a it is a, a lot um, a, a a high price to pay for your freedom. But you know you you paid it. Is there anything you know you've stood your ground this whole entire time? Is there anything you would have to say? You know you know what it's like to be a defendant and not have representation from the attorneys that you like or have the community stand yeah. there like you want them to. What would you say to any other defendants out there who's faced with the same loneliness and fight alone that you were in, and what would you say to them um, so that they to give them um, an idea of what to expect or how to how to deal with this the way that you have? Well, that, 
I've been lied to. I've been. They've used duress. They they've tried to um, convince me that I had no case. Um, they've done more things to me to convict me to 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 get me to convict myself than I than I ever would have expected. And I stood my ground. I knew I wasn't guilty, and I stood my ground. And they knew I wasn't guilty. So right. by standing my ground, I actually put them in a position where it was either take me to trial that you know I can't win or dismiss my charges. And basically I ended up winning because I stood my ground. And that's the only thing I can say is if you know you're innocent, stand your ground. Make them take you to trial. They won't. Right. And they you will do prepared. everything in their power to keep you out of that trial because they don't want to spend the money and have you end up acquitted. And you were prepared to go all the way to trial, even if I you was. had more representation. In fact, um, the day of the last hearing, um, this was all sprung on me at the last minute. And um, I was actually... At at the beginning, um, telling my attorney that, no, no, I don't want to give up my guns. I'm not going to give up my guns. There's no reason for me to give up my guns. They stole my guns. Um, and at the last minute, just as I was being called up, I walked up and I, and I whispered to my attorney, I'll do it. Cause I was thinking about it. And she was telling me that if I tried to keep my guns and, and go through a judicial process of forfeiture, that could take years and years, and all this stuff would still be on my record while I was doing that. And um, I was like, you know what the heck with it? Let's just get this over with. I I, get, I got a dismissal. It's going to clean my record. I'm going to clear my name. Just take my guns. I'll figure something out in the future. Right. You know, it just... Yeah. It just I, I was really, and, and even in this case, I was still under duress. They were they were using duress to put me in a position where I had no other choice. So this is what they do. They they make yeah. it. They, they try to make it seem impossible for you to 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 have any kind of hope. And there are well, to convince you of that. I remember in some of your last interviews we did with you on our show, you were feeling pretty helpless. Yeah, yeah, because they, they were giving me nothing. They, they, I, I couldn't. The, the public defender literally refused to defend me. Told me I had no case. When I finally got, when I finally was able to um, get rid of the public defender, I got someone that was actually understanding. But from what I understand. Um, Stephen Reed actually had the same deal. He just didn't know what he had, and he was telling me it was possession with intent when the when the charge they wanted me to cop to was actually the same um, um, possession of a dangerous drug, not for public consumption. But he didn't understand that charge. So he was telling me it was a different charge, but at that time, dismissal was not part of the deal. 
This time it is. Every um, when I go to court on Wednesday morning, um, I've already paid my fine. They're already in possession of my weapons. There's a possibility that I may have to sign something, actually surrendering them. Once I'm in full compliance, everything is dismissed. My record will be completely clean within a week after it's after the dismissal shows on my record. I can seal everything. And it will never have existed. So, basically, I'm acquitted. And I was told by my attorney they cannot charge me with the same crimes again. That is really incredible news, Teresa. I think it's fabulous. Um, it's absolutely uh, fabulous. Yeah. Um, just just not having to go to trial is the greatest thing. I, I, I really don't think I would have... <laughs> I was more worried about ending up in a mental institution um, for um, stress-related issues that I might have during trial than I was about ending up in a, in a jail. So, that you know, outbursts, things like that. You know, I've got head injuries, so my control isn't as good as it should be. You know, and I well, wouldn't have been able to medicate or anything else during trial. So I would have been in a very vulnerable position. The good news, so, though, is that you don't have to worry about that, and you're able to, uh, you know, this Valentine's Day, you're able to focus on the good things, right? I'm getting there. Um, like I said, yeah. I, I've currently got a massive sinusitis infection from the stress that just within a day, um, I was in court Monday, and by Tuesday, I was sick. Um, and it's not the first time. I had gone into court a couple of times with um, either sinusitis or bladder infections from the stress. And um, oh, so I'm I'm thrilled. <laughs> it's over with. Well, that's wonderful news. And we, we're down to about the last 15 minutes of our show, and we we have Tom Corby still to give us our Tom update. We missed him the other week, so I don't want to cut him off. Was there anything else that you wanted to tell us about today, Teresa? Anything no, specific about what really. you say? No. Oh, well, I'm so glad. I'm glad your story is finally wrapped up. Uh, thank you. Me too. <laughs> thank you. Uh, Thank you, Teresa, for standing your ground, for being an example to the whole rest of our community. You are a true hero um, right from the front lines, and I I commend you, and I look up to your your heroic actions just to stand up to the government. That is really hard, and it's really trying, and it's really, um, it's really, there's a lot of people suffering. It very much is, because they dig their heels in, and they don't let go. Right, right. And it's very heroic to all of us. And I just want to thank you for coming on our show. And you're welcome in the future um, to talk, come on our show and let us know a little bit about what freedom is feeling like for you. That you're not that you, since you're not going to be in jail. We would love to hear from you again in the future. Yeah, no problem. Yes, uh, like I say, I, I, go to court on Wednesday. I go to court on Wednesday to confirm and and everything. So you know, I'll know more then. But I, I'm in compliance, so everything should be done. Cool, cool. Thank you. So, all right. Have a good day. Get some rest and feel right. better, Teresa. Thank you yeah. for coming in. You too. Thank you. 
Um, well, I want to make sure everybody knows, Kristen, that they can um, read a little, you know, the details about Teresa in the Vegas Cannabis Magazine and the Northwest Leaf and Oregon Leaf, uh, along with other, uh, you know, of the news from the front lines from Voices of the Cannabis Source. So I want to make sure everybody knows you can check that stuff out in those magazines and thank them for letting us put the voice of our prisoners in the magazine. That is so nice, Um, yes. I also want to make sure and give a very special shout-out to CCHI 2016 and Trip and Milan for keeping us on their network, for knowing how important it is to get the voices of those who are suffering because of all of the things that we're trying to do out here. I am sitting here in Portland, Oregon, smoking a bowl while I'm on this radio show while people are rotting away in prison. And the people at CCHI, they know that that's not okay, and that's why they have us on their network, and I want to thank them from the bottom of my heart and send a very special Valentine's Day message out to them for that. Thank you, Mindy. That is so pretty. Thank you, thank you. And I um, it's also um, check Mindy's wall out for the KBU radio station coming soon. I'll be sharing it on mine too so you can hear hear her um, her radio show interview tomorrow, and we'll share that around. Mindy, will you get us the link when it's available? I sure will, as soon as it's available. Cool, cool. Um, so um, are we going to bring on Tom now? I am. I miss hearing Tom's voice. Is Eugene still here? I'm still here. Okay, okay. Yeah. You're just doing cool. such a good job. There's not much I can say. All righty. Good morning, Tom Corby. How are you? Good morning. Top of the day. Uh, I want to thank you all, CCHI, for sponsoring another historical radio show. Uh, Northern California, uh, this week, uh, this Friday at 9 a.m. At, at Sacramento Superior Court, 729th Street, is Shelby Lucero. You've heard her name uh, going over three years now. Uh, the farmer's daughter, uh, their sad case, busted uh, in Sacramento. Uh, she's going on to her 31st pretrial. What's that say? 33 free trials. Uh, in the first place, it's a waste of taxpayers' money, uh, and it disrupts lives and family. Uh, so come for Shelby uh, this Friday at 9 a.m. in Sacramento. Uh, we always say uh, all, all hearings, court support is very important. And for court support, uh, you not only support the defendant, you can't bear witness. Again, we bring out every week the injustices that go on inside these courtrooms are unacceptable. Uh, so come for Shelby uh, this Friday. Uh, we always point out that try to bring local 50-mile radius for all court support. Uh, so come for Shelby this, this Friday. Uh, when we talk about CTHI initiative, uh, sign in California 
to re-legalize cannabis, which we know, and Jack Hare would tell you, is uh, legalization is only another step and the final step in prohibition, deschedule cannabis, and free RPOWs. Uh, in Dubuque County, we continue to set precedents uh, only with our injunctions and lawsuits when they come and bust our gardens. But also, we want to start a county level here. How is it that these small counties can be stepping over state rights, our right to grow and have our medicine? The Butte County Supervisors, on our Measure A amendment that we've been fighting for nine years, to t- they're taking our rights away to grow our medicine. The last week, the, uh, a couple weeks ago, the, the supervisor took it upon himself to amendments to measure eight. Uh, one of the amendments is that we have to, as cannabis uh, defendants, we have to prove our innocence. We still need to prove innocence, but it's accepted. And number two, almost worse, the, the cops, uh, they do not need uh, a complaint. They can be their own complaint. They can come in and bust your garden any time. So we have two referendums going to Butte County. We only have uh, a couple more weeks to get 9,000 signatures. I think we already got half of them. Uh, one, of them one of them is our right to grow, right to farm under the culture. And the other one is due process. Uh, that being said, if Butte County does not back down with the uh, the allotted period that we're going to take uh, on to vote again in November. Uh, so that's happening up here. So uh, if you are in Butte County and California, sign these petitions, help us to end prohibition. Uh, right here, have you or somebody you know been arrested for cannabis. If so, you're going to be scared. You're going to be misled. You won't know where to turn. You're going to be lost. You're going to be alone. You're going to be broke, afraid. Do you know your rights? Are you unsure? You're going to be intimidated. We can help. We've been there and done that. Come join us at the Human Solution International Doc or help us and be the solution to end prohibition. Uh, we have the answers to support. Know your rights. Don't become another plea deal. Statistic. You can fight. We will help. No one should go to jail for a plant. And that being said, uh, when you plea bargain, and most people do, 95% of people plea bargain, uh, what people don't realize, that it sounds so good, but it screws you. Uh, even if you have a wobbler dismissal or a wobbler misdemeanor, uh, it's still on your record. And uh, we always, uh, our mindset is always to take them on the trial, which uh, our friend and neighbor here, Alex Lyons, uh, has waived his rights with Chardell James. And uh, Attorney uh, Flamino waived his rights to waive time and take it right straight to trial in April. So uh, this is the mindset, folks. Uh, I want to thank you all today. And uh, uh, don't forget to breathe.
Yes. All right. Hey, Tom, you guys have a good Valentine's Day, and thank you very much for calling in. Right. Thank you. Okay. Uh, Mindy and hey, Christian, I, I, just, I just had a call from George Monterano, and he apologized to listeners and to everybody. Uh, he just uh, just totally slipped his mind, and uh, he'll be on next week, though, again. And uh, he just wants to apologize. Aww, Absolutely. We, we did, and he has nothing to apologize for. I kind of, I also want to say that, um, you know, we a lot of people come on our show and they talk about um, what the best way to handle their case is or what the best way to handle your case. And, and we do all have an opinion about that. Some people say never take it to trial, take a deal because the prosecution has got a 99% success rate. Other people say you know, absolutely never um, take a deal. Always take it to trial. Don't let them screw with your rights. It's a personal decision, and I just want to make sure everybody knows that there, that the advice that we give or that other people give on this radio show is 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 just opinions. We're not attorneys, and and it's certainly not anything legal or anything that. It, it's a personal opinion that we're all passionate about. So I just wanted to make that clear. Thank you, Mindy. Yeah, that's well, well said, Mindy. I'm going to go into closing. Is there anything else you guys want to say before we um, part ways for the week? I want to tell uh, you just, both happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's to you too, Mindy. Happy Valentine's <laughs> Day. Uh, I love you both, and I hope you have a great rest of your day. Listeners, I'm very fortunate because I have these two ladies in my life. Mindy and Kristen, they're beautiful, Aww. and they give me so much, and they they give so much of themselves to our community, to the cause, and they're just wonderful, wonderful gals. And I want to thank you both for being who you are, and I love you both. Ah, thank you, thank you, thank you, Eugene. That means you a lot too. to me. Both of you guys. Well, you guys, this wraps up today's show, Voices of the Cannabis War. I want to thank, well, we but we all want to thank all the listeners for listening. Um, we also want to thank all the prisoners for their sacrifices. Thank CCHI for this platform for us to be able to share our voices with the rest of the world. And also uh, to all of our callers and all of our listeners. Um, our guests today were amazing. Um, they do amazing things in this world. We end the show, okay, and then these two hours on the show, we all go off and we do other things throughout the whole week. It just doesn't end at the show. Everything we do, we do things on a regular basis. We sit at our computers pretty much every day. We make flyers. We write for things. We, we There's just so much that we do outside of this. So I just want to thank everybody for all their efforts. Um, like Stacy, she gets on a bus and drives around the nation every day. So um, thank you to everybody. Um, we want to tell everybody, too, while you listen to the show, just don't listen. Do something. Be a voice. Tell people what you heard. Tell all everybody what's going on because we have to end prohibition. We have over 50 people still serving life sentences. Um, we also want to say thank you to all, um, to Becca, who wasn't able to get in today to help, but we want to say thank you to her as well. Um, and at, tell everybody you have a right if you're ever called to jury duty. Because, see, some of our plant prisoners, they go to trial. When they go to trial, they are hoping that one out of 11 jurors feel that the law is bad. And if they feel the law is bad, they can say not guilty, 
not just if they look at the law and say, okay, well, they broke the law, so they're guilty of breaking the law, but they are also able to say not guilty if they think the law is bad. So know about your jury rights. And don't snitch. You know, a whole community can be ruined but just by one snitch. Um, if we stay strong we stay together and we bind together instead of snitching on each other, then most likely your charges will be dropped, just like what happened with the Bellingham 3. So um, we want to say um, help us in prohibition so that our prisoners can come home and that nobody has to die in prison. Like my father, Richard Floor, who I miss so much today because it's Valentine's Day, um, I can just imagine my dad sending me, you know, a card with all this funny stuff in it, and that's just not coming today, not just because it's Sunday, but because he, he was killed in prison. Uh, he was shackled to a hospital bed. Um, he was tormented to death for four months prior to shackling him to the bed. They literally tormented him to death. Um, and when he went and died, they called me, and I had to take him off life support. Um, and that should never happen, not not just to a plant prisoner, but to any prisoner, especially those that are in there for violent, uh, nonviolent crimes. We also want to say rest in peace to Gary Shepard, who you heard his niece, uh, Stacey Tice, on our show earlier. Um, and not just to Gary Shepard, but also to his companion, Mary Jane Jones. Um, today on Valentine's Day, I am convinced that they are up, up outside um, our place where we're at here, spending time together. Gary Shepard and Mary Jane Jones was shot over 30 times from... They were shot over 21 times um, and fell to the ground together while they held their baby son, Jake, in their arms. Gary Shepard died. Mary Jane Jones um, stayed in our world till a couple months ago when she passed away. We also want to say rest in peace to Jack Kerr, who passed away after writing us a book that educates us all about the conspiracy and all about what's going on and all the benefits of our plant. So check out Jack Kerr's book, The Emperor Wearing Those Clothes. Also, Peter McWilliams, who also wrote his books. Um, he wrote, particularly wrote one about death that helped me out. He died for a plant as well, as well as uh, Bill, Lamorte, Bill Lamorte, who is one of Eugene's good friends, who was serving a life prison for our plant. He was in the prison yard, Eugene said, and he grabbed his chest. On the 4th of July, Independence Day, he died of a major heart attack. Uh, we also want to say rest in peace to Larry Harvey, who died of cancer while in the middle of his whole family was facing charges for a plant. Larry fought for us by going to D.C. We also want to uh, say rest in peace to D. Young for giving us Adam. Rest in peace to Curtis Cecil, who has left behind his father, who's serving a life sentence in prison. We also want to say rest in peace to Spencer Coptis and Cashy Hyde, who were using our medicine to cure their brain tumors. Well, their caregivers were raided, and they couldn't get access to the medicine no more, and their brain tumors grew out of control, and they passed away. We also want to say rest in peace to Bernardo Fumano Martinez, who is helping us on a worldly level share videos across the world in order to get people from outside our country to understand what's going on with marijuana prohibition. We also want to say rest in peace to Oscar, who is, is Eugene and George Monterano's friends, who they say he went to FBI in the sky. And help us in the war so our people don't have to die in prison so they can come home to their families. Thank you. We're going to play a song from Kushites. It's called No More War. Check it out. It's one of my favorites. And have a wonderful, beautiful Sunday. And a Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. Can't figure out why 